Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I am your co-host, Coach Maples, a.k.a. J. Mapes, here as always with the bro, Kings. What's popping, my guy? You know, doing good, living good, you know, the usual, usual. Right, right, right. Uh, like I said, this we don't discuss football on this, uh, you know, pod no more. <laughs> but you good? <laughs> bad, bad, bad day for me, man. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, a lot going on around the league. We're gonna touch on a few things. Talk about what we see at the at the quarter pole this year. But let's start with the Portland Trailblazers, man. Um, Sitting at 11 and 13, just fired the GM, uh, Neil O'Shea, after 10 years. Uh, Dame is out for the next, for the foreseeable, you know, uh, future with lower ab injury. Um, not really about how serious it is, but they definitely got him on ice for right now. We've been making our, we've been telling Dame to run from the grind for a year now. <laughs> um, is, it, is it, you think it's time for the Blazers to, to blow that up and uh, start fresh? I mean, what well, we've been saying this every year at this point. I mean, they sh- it, it, it was it was time, you know. After they 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 you know they went to their Western Conference Final, they came back and they got bounced in the first round by Lakers. I mean, it was time to be done with that then. Um, it's just you know to to go in another season, you know, which is last year with the same group, and to come back again this year with the same group. I mean. I just don't understand what the what the vision is. I don't understand what they're what they're trying to do. Um, could easily s- package those guys off, got a, bu- a bunch of picks, um, and try to rebuild. But I, I really don't understand the game plan with with, uh, with the Blazers, man, because they they know they c- they can barely make the playoffs as is. You know they don't have anywhere close to a cha- championship. You know what I mean it's not like they're the Utah Jazz, which you know, they're a dark horse contender. And if they make, you know, they strike on a few good moves here and there, some things shake their way that they can make it, they can, you know, win a chip. They're not like the Jazz. They're, they're a significant tier below that. So it, I, I really don't understand what the front office is trying to do. I just don't understand. That. Yeah, I think just from the outside looking in, the biggest indictment on them is just never for the whole entire Damian Lillard tenure never getting at least a above average wing in there. Like that is insane to me. Um a lot of it is just talking to people who like who know a little bit. Dame and CJ are hella cool. Yeah. So Dame just would never co-sign on, on moving him. Like obviously everybody thought the last couple of years CJ was the moving CJ was the avenue to to getting that, you know, a better fit possibly. But it wasn't going to happen with him and Dame's relationship. But that's why I've been never being able to get to get a wing 
And they did all this. They were 29th in defense the last couple of years. They bring in Chauncey Billups. Uh, he makes them, you know, basically they show in the stat wise they're playing way more aggressive defense in the pick and roll and still, uh, you know, 29th in defense. That's to me, that's not a, a, a coaching problem. That's, that's a talent problem to me. Um, it's way beyond time, but, you know, Dame loves that place. That's the ultimate hurdle, right? And you, he's never going to co-sign on a rebuild at age 30. So, you know, that they just stuck between a rock and a hard place. And then we both said it here, the the worst place to be in the NBA is in no man's land, the middle, that, that, that middle, where you're not going to be terrible enough to bottom out. You're not going to be good enough to to even be close to competing. But yeah, I, I think it's time to tear that up. You you can get Covington. Contenders will give up a young player or assets for Covington. CJ will fetch a lot, obviously, and Dame will fetch a King's ransom, you know, depending on, you know, how, how you want to move him. Because whoever trades for him is going to have a control of him for four years because of the deal he just signed. So you can get a lot for Dame because there's not a flight risk. Um, even Simons has some minutes, even though he might you might want to keep him as a younger player. But yeah, it's time to to move to break it up in, in Portland. Y'all had a good run, man. Dame, Dame tried. He tried. I just, don't, I just don't know what to say about them. Like they have no buzz. You know what I mean? It's like that they're, they're being stubborn at the same time. A lot of teams are just being stubborn. I don't know. We'll have to see with this. Um you know, with this uh, deadline, because we, we, can, we can hound on the Blazers, but then again, it's like, where are the Pacers doing? You know what I mean? It's like... That was my, that's, <laughs> that's the other team that needs to to sell, sell, sell. And I think I tweeted earlier days, like, Pacers and, and Blazers need to sell, sell, sell. Right? Yeah, it's like, these teams, it's like, bro, what do you what, what is your plan? You know what I mean? What's what's your goal here? Like, I, I just don't understand what these two teams are doing. At least with the Blazers, they got, they had star power that they could sell. Uh, the Pacers don't even have any real star power, so it's like, where are you holding on to guys for? You know what I mean? Sabonis isn't moving you. Sabonis is moving a goddamn thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, I, I I had to ask. So, wait, 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 what what is the Blazer ceiling to you this season? First round exit, man. <laughs> First round exit. That's what they like. Is uh, even the play? I'm looking at these teams like, if Dame doesn't come back. The plan is even like, yeah, they even get to is, that. It's dangerous for them, bro. Like, like I'm saying, first round exit because that's the ceiling. Because I don't, I'm not sure if they make the if they make the offs at this point. Yeah, that's what. And just lastly, gonna play. How do you feel like? Because out of they, they gave up 145 to the Celtics in regulation without uh, JB's 145, 117, and um, basically Chauncey kind of. Yeah, you know, every now and then yeah. coaches go on a rant. He kind of put his uh his starters out there for not being ready to play and not being motivated. He said, "I never seen the, the bench have to motivate the starters in his life." Um, a lot of people gave Chauncey flag for that. I, I'm of the mindset they just gave 145 to the Celtics without Jalen Brown there. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, all right, yeah. we'll kind of whatever what Chauncey says. But how do you feel like when coaches? do stuff like that that has to be that has to be um that has to be some issues coming also from practice that he's probably <laughs> off too 
you know, because if there's something that's in the, you know, that's some something inconsistent in the game, it's like, okay, you know, we just didn't have it tonight or, or you know what I mean, yada, yada, yada. But if that's something that you see in practice consistently, it's something that they bring to the games uh, more often than not. It's like, that's just the coach saying, you like, I can't believe these dudes really just don't want to give effort all year. <laughs> it's basically, you know what I mean? And, and it's sad because it's like, if you're going to be about loyalty, this and that, it's like, my thing with people, with, with Hoopers who do that, it's like, bro, don't have, don't have ass that. You know what I mean? If you're going to really stick with it, give your all to the team. You know what I mean? Like, like really play for a team. Don't be like, oh, yeah, I want to be loyal and then play like you have one foot out the door. Like, just leave the, just leave, demand the trade if that if that's how you're gonna play. Right. And, and for me, the loyalty thing is this like as soon as it becomes advantageous for the Blazers to move Debbie and Lillard, they're gonna approach him. Just like Minnesota did with KG, uh, trying to find a place for him. So it's like the, the team loyalty thing has always been overblown to me. Uh, the bottom line is what they care about. Right now, Dame is still selling out the building every night. He's moving units as far as jerseys, he's got a shoe deal. So you know, team success or not, he's making the Blazers, you know, worth a lot more than what they will be without him. So we'll see what happens, man. It's hard for me to, you know, I'm a Dave fan, Bay Area bred, seeing him since high school out here in the Bay. But, man, this is a hell of a bet he made, man, when he pledged his commitment to this. (laughs) It's hard to feel sorry for a man when the subject's already been broached and he was just like, nah, I'm going to stick it out. Um so we'll see what happens with them. Uh- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, moving on to another hot topic. Um, so, lots going on with the Lakers. We got a couple things to talk about Lakers before we move on to, to, to the other topic. Um, so, THT is, is, is the latest, you know, big storm of, you know, uh, of controversy. So, Everybody recognizes he's just 20. He has tremendous talent. I think even, you know, you have lamented, I've lamented that we see the upside. The only question has been just about fit, right? So, you know, Frank insists on uh, starting him with the the, the big three, even though everybody's questioning the the fit because of the lack of shooting. Um, His net rating with Westbrook, LeBron, and AD is minus 27.4, which is, you know, pretty terrible um 
What, what, what do you think? I'm just going to ask you straight out. Do you think they need to move THT? Obviously, you know, he, he's the probably the one asset that actually could be up for trade that they would probably potentially get a decent amount of value uh, back for based on, you know, potential, what he's shown, ability to grow. But the fit is definitely a, a question right now. He definitely shouldn't be starting, for, in my opinion. He's a, should be like a spark plug off the bench, giving them some, you know, uh, scoring juice in second units, you know, possibly – trying to play not, you know, not playing with Westbrook as much as possible because I think those two really don't mesh well. But what, what is your THT solution? Trade, adjust his role, what? I mean, like I said, I, I've been saying trade him even before he came back <laughs> uh, because I, it, was, it, was, it was just obvious that he wasn't going to be – he wasn't going to be a, a good fit. You know, they need a wing defender. They need a, they need a true 3 and D player in that starting lineup. Somebody who's going to play off LeBron and Westbrook, just catch, attack closeouts, um, and shoot the ball when he's open, be a shooting threat, be a scoring threat, uh, shooting-wise, off multiple actions as well as cut, you know, non-defense, be able to check wings, be able to switch. That's the type of guy they need in the starting lineup. THG's just not that. He, he's a young guy. He needs the ball in his hands. His best attribute is rim pressure, but that's also Russ and LeBron's best attribute. His second best attribute is um, – honestly, I don't even know his second best attribute at this point because I don't think he even has one. Uh, I mean, I think I think what? He, he's okay off, you know, off the dribble shooting, creating off the dribble with his, with his jumper, but he's not really necessarily a good catching shooter. And uh, playmaking-wise, he's not really a good playmaker. Uh, he, he has – I think he has, you know, just off the tape, he has the skills to be – uh, good at all of those things, you know, to be to definitely be serviceable, all those things, but he, he's going to need the reps. And that's exactly I was just about to say that's the main reason why I said he was never going to fit. He wasn't going to get enough reps to progress as a young player. So that's why when I said he needs to be traded, people are, oh, well, he's 20. He needs to be kept. I'm like, you're holding his game hostage because how, how like seriously, how long do you want to stunt his development for just because you want to say we have a young guy that we can groom like. You know what I mean? Like fans, you know, they just don't understand the game. Like it's also not going to be good on his psyche because he's not getting minutes, you know what I mean, to really blossom and to, to get his value up. Like it's just he needs to he needs to go, I think, for his own personal development as well. Yeah, I was I was going to say that all, all the stuff you said was correct. But I think for him, all that requires volume. And he's just not going to see it with the amount of usage that, you know, Russ – you know, Russ, LeBron, or AD is going to eat up, what, 70% of the usage over a game for the Lakers going to be involved one of those three, right? So I, I just don't think the reps are going to be there. But I, I agree with – I believe in his talent. Like, I think he's definitely yeah. going to be a 15- to 20-point scorer. Um, just be able to get to the rim. He's definitely going to help somebody as a, you know, as a second or third option offensively. But it's just not going to happen for the Lakers. Just, and it's not, to me, I think it's a possibility to make it work with with uh ad and Bron, if the other two guys can shoot but when you throw Russ in there he, it just he becomes unplayable with that group so you know we'll see what happens uh and piggyback and you know bridging this to the next topic the other hot topic was um was frank vogel um <laughs> you have been you have definitely even the year they won to, to your credit the year they won the championship you were even like, I mean, I don't know about this dude. 
<laughs> I remember that. I always, yeah, I always praised his defense. Always yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. right. To be fair, you said you were very high on his defense. You did not love the offensive creativity. I, I, you've always been there from the jump. That, that and the in-game tactics, right. the in-game adjustments on the head coaching position, I, just, right. I never liked from year one. And that kind of came to a head. Like, to me, I've been defending Frank. I think the, the Lakers' majority, well, problem number one is one, injuries. They couldn't get everybody like LeBron James. This is, I think, the first year in his career that he's gone this far without playing four games. Like, he just can't stay on the court this year. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, he has not played four yeah. games in a row this season. That, that's wild to me. Um, but I think the main thing is injuries, mainly LeBron, getting him to play consistently. Um but the other thing is, I don't. I don't think the Lakers were playing very like they, the effort is not there night to night. I think they're used to having a certain talent advantage with LeBron and AD. But I think having a lot of minimums on the roster, the gap is shrunk, and they have to be dialed in for longer in basketball games. And they haven't been doing that. I think that's the another big issue. But to be fair, Frank has not been great offensively, and it kind of came to a head. Um, they lost to the Clippers the other night. His defensive, uh, his choice to, to defend Paul George a certain way, and Lou just kind of chopped it up to bits late in the game. And Lou is Lou is a probably one of the best on the fly coaches in, in the oh, league, yeah. if not if not the best. Um, second, yeah, second, so yes. like Lou, I think they were doing it. Lou caught a timeout and they came right out and just for running a guy right across the key to the empty side. It was just a a, a warm up three, you know, every time. Um, Vogel really got ripped to shreds by everybody for not changing the defense. And a lot of Laker Nation is kind of done with this guy. Where are you with Vogel? Where I was when I was, when he first started. Uh, he should have never even been the head coach. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Um, you know, I mean, the guy that LeBron said has no weakness is coaching should be coaching the team. Um, you know, I'm not going to – I'm not going to try to speculate on the back back on the politics aspect of it i was shocked lebron didn't try to push harder um for ty Lu. um I, lebron has really he's put his hands on the the things that people have said lebron has put the decisions like people have said lebron has put his hands on have been bad <laughs> like let me and then uh, let me not even mince words like the you know the roster moves and certain uh, lineup moves that LeBron be push, you know, has said to be to, to be pushing for behind the scenes or openly like advocates for has been bad. And then some of the things where you know you would think he would take an uh, aggressive approach to, but he's more hands off, has ended up biting the Lakers in the butt. You know, because if you look at LeBron's tenure in Cle- Cleveland, it was he pay- he made sure all those guys who won with him got paid. All the guys who won with the Lakers got traded. You know what I mean? And then he had the coach that he won with that he wanted Black gone for that he could have got on the team. And they low and you know, they kind of lowballed his offer. And now he got the LA cross the court rivals and they and he four and against them since he been since he's been coaching the head coach of the Clippers. So it's like Coach Vogel, man, great defensive guy. I, I think he's an all-time defensive coach in terms of his mentality for NBA defense. Everywhere he's everywhere he's coached, he's had an elite defense, even with the Orlando Magic. So I think right. defensively, he's 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 like a, he has an all time mind for defense as a coach. But I just think, you know, one for his defense work, he needs he needs his archetypes. He definitely needs his archetypes to coach his defense. 
you can't just put you know a bunch of guys in there and then have your best defenders like rarely giving effort and it's gonna work. And then two, he's just not good at adjusting in game. Like in game, he can come in with a great defensive game plan, you know, from the jump, maybe make a great defensive adjustment halftime, but just in between quarters, you know, in between, you know, runs, she's not very good at, at doing those adjustments. So, and for me, you need those to win championships. You know what I mean? That, that Those are the decisions that win chips. So, I mean, you look at the coaches you have to go up against. Yeah. The, 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 the Kurs, who has a great offensive scheme. Monty, Ty Lu. You know what I mean? It's just, man, it's just tough. It's tough. <laughs> Yeah, see that, and then like I said, in, in that in that uh game, it was just a lot. The the coaching discrepancy was just on full display. Um, for me, it was weird. You know, I caught on late, and I ended up going back and watching it again. But you know, Paul George was seven for twenty. Like he was not burning the building down at all. And you trapping a six eight guy, like in the nine trapping it. It's not the corner. It's not the sideline. He's just on the wing, and you sending guys at him. It's just an easy read. And he just chopped it like stuff like that. I just, you know, it was, it was just mind boggling. And I've been, you know, defending Frank mainly because um, my base, I'm looking at who they could possibly replace him with. And, and that's kind of scary because there's no clear upgrade. Like the best you can help for is a lateral guy tactically who they possibly play harder for. Right. That's, 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 that's the, the, the goal if you move on from him. So, mm-hmm. At least my next question, if they do move, decide to move on from Bogle, um, who could you realistically see sliding in there? I mean, it's we it's it's what it's it's gonna have to be in-house and everybody's pointing to um, you know, to Phil Handy. My only issue is Phil Handy is is he gonna be able to make the in-game adjustments? <laughs> and I mean everybody's talking about the culture and this and that. And and that's on that's that's as good as long as the players is buying in. But what's your what the what schemes are you gonna run? You know what I mean? What what adjustments are you gonna make it during the game? Like I don't think anybody even knows from an X and O standpoint what Phil Handy's calling card is. Right. Like we, we know he's a great developmental guy. We know he's a great with a uh, player improvement. But when it comes to managing players on the court, adjusting to schemes, the tactics, like. I don't even know if we, we know what his his strength is. So having him coach, like that's something the yeah. thing with Fitz, Fitzdale is obviously like, you know, eh. yeah. It's just it's it's not a good spot for him, honestly. Right. And you know, me and you both know looking at just Genie's track record, they are not paying two coaches. Yeah. That's <laughs> so like I don't even think it's like I'm with you, it's hundred percent not gonna be an outside hire. Like the Lakers are. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just hate to break it to the people, but the <laughs> owner's cheap, bro. You can't, win. you can't win like this. You just can't win. Like, you can't win. Like, if your owner was willing to spend, you could have fired this dude and just hired Mike D'Antoni. Be like, hey, let's just maximize the offense. But the owner's just cheap. It's cheap. I mean, if the owner wasn't cheap, you wouldn't even be in this mess because guys would have been on the team that would you know, that would have never got, you know, let go to begin with. You right. Know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we're not gonna dig into the Caruso thing for the hundredth time. I know that, that burns people uh, looking at the year he's having. 
<laughs> I mean, a lot of those Laker guys are having pretty good years. I mean, Trey's having a good year. I think Kuz is still still bad, but I mean, we all know who Kuz is. But then you know another guy, my guy. You know what I mean? Still emotional about that guy, but did it back home. He's putting up some great numbers. So it's like you know, it's it's, it's some losing good players for nothing. And not maximizing players' talent has been a problem for the Lakers. And that's just not good, especially if your owner is cheap on top of that. Like, these are just all not good things. Yeah, so. Ooh, we'll see what happens with Vogel. Um, whew, we'll see. So moving on to around what's going on with the, with the rest of the NBA. Um, we're about at the quarter poll, so we're not going to do an awards check. Um but I do want to get who has been your most disappointing player of the season and then the player that has surprised you. Man, I miss the most disappointing player to me for sure has to be the R.J. Barrett. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> like, come on, man. I... Like, what's, his, what's his go-to skill? You know, <laughs> man, I, I, man, that's that's that one hurts. That one hurts for the Knicks, man. Like, because they could really be something. Uh, they could really be in a great position. You have Randall. You got a good coach. You got a good team. Cohesive team. If your number two pick was on the track of like a Jason Tatum, of like you know, uh, even just a Bi, you know what I mean, like. If he was on that type of trajectory, your your whole future looks different. But man, this this guy, man, I, I just don't know. He's he's been very disappointed. Yeah. So my my disappointment player was um other is is definitely Nikhil Alexander Walker, and uh, I know I vowed to never talk Pelicans on this pod this year because you know they need to be relegated to somewhere else uh, at this point in time to the G league, but uh, it's just the, the Pelicans made decisions around what they thought, you know, he was going to be like letting Lonzo walk. Like the sting is supposed to be less because he's supposed to step in and produce a certain amount. This dude is averaging, you know, more shots than points, 36% shoot. Efficiency numbers. He is in, you know, the fourth percentile, for pick and roll. Jeez. Roll ball handler. You know, he's in the 29th percentile for isolation, 37th percentile for dribble handoffs. Mm. It's just all this is all stuff that NBA guards have to do at a at a at a high level. This is basis this is like oh, heavy him is hands off, handoffs, pick and rolls, uh be able to be able to compromise a defense out in space. He's just struggling in, in all three. It's not even just the shooting. It's just a terrible decision-making. And it's just actively destroying what that team is trying to And I've given him a little bit of a pass because Zion is not there. But it's only so much that Zion's probably going to probably take a lot of, a little bit of shine off you. But the defenses are focused on Ingram and Jay, Jay Jonas anyway. So you're still not the focus of the defense. And to come out and have a year like this after they made decisions to let go of certain players, 
and structure the roster a certain way because they thought you were going to step in. You know, Pelicans had a bottom five uh, backcourt last year with inconsistency, and it's just arguably gotten worse this year. So it was just, um, yeah, the chaos. <laughs> Walker is my, uh, worth one, you know, still a quarter pole, got time to turn around. But, yeah, it looks – it's nasty right now. He's He's got to step his game up. This is year three. Next year is a contract year. And, you know, small markets, you will be uh, on the – we will decline the option, uh, enjoy free agency, get what you <laughs> get what you want. So that's 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 my disappointing player. Your most surprising player who's pleasantly surprised you, showed you more than you expected. Yeah, I got to go with the two, the two bridges, uh, ah. Miles and Mikhail. Um, okay. Miles, I didn't think he had this type of offensive uh, bag and consistency as well as he's he's played some type of some some improved uh, winged uh, perimeter defense. Miles is obviously most people's uh, choice for most improved player of the year. A, a big jump from from last season, uh, you know, in having to play bigger minutes as well as produce more scoring wise. Uh, he's playing really well, man. Uh, that great player, and then Mikhail. Been an absolute defensive terror on the perimeter as a wing defender. Uh, many have him in the running for defensive player of the year. It's just those two guys taking the leap. Um, you know that the reason why I take is I pick them is because when you look at guys wings like that, it's like you expect them to fall off. You know, like it's like it's it, there there there's always those wings like the Thad Youngs, right. you know, <laughs> like the, the TJ Warrens, etc. Where it's like okay, you guys are in this tier where you're, you're, you're kind of, you're young, you're talented, you know, but you don't really have star potential. So how good can you really be? And, and they, it, both of these guys was in that tier, but they both found, you know, skill sets that they knew that they could maximize to be great in their own way. Mikel with the all world wing defense, Miles Bridges being, you know, an offensive, uh, an offensive scoring threat getting busy, you know, trying to get busy at all three levels, you know, so they just found, they found their, they found what they wanted to mold their game around and, and they're, they're perfecting it. You know what I mean? And they're really honing in on it. Um, you know, shout out to TJ though. He's, he's been trying, he's been figuring out a couple these couple past couple years, even though he hasn't been healthy, right. you know, he's been figuring out being a three level scorer menace. Um, but, you know, it's just, I, I'm really impressed by those two guys at a young age, Figuring out what type of archetype they want to be uh, at the wing spot. Yeah, you know what? What kind of that Suns game, the first one in Phoenix, when they won with Booker out, just the way Mikael defended Steph, that was special. Yeah, because you know Steph is you know ninety nine percentile isolation, ninety nine percentile spot up shooting. 99th percentile coming off screens. He's just a creative player offensively pretty much at, at, at this point is where he was playing. And for Mikhail to chase him and defend him like that, I mean, he still got 21 shots up. Steph definitely missed miss some shots he normally makes. Like he normally does. One guy is not going to completely shut down Steph, but Mikhail made it as hard as you could possibly make it, in my opinion. Like I think the energy that Steph had to get to get into those looks definitely affected his efficiency. He just made it so hard. Uh, to catch the ball, and usually Steph is able to you know, run those bigger guys off the floor. You know, Mikael, you know, six seven, six 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 seven, and 
he's just staying with Steph's drive for stride around the court, making him work extremely hard to get those shots up. So, Mikael, man, I respect for that game. Like, that, that opened my eyes to, like, okay, this kid's an all-league defender. Like, that's that's what that game was for me. And then shout out Miles Bridges. You know Michael Jordan don't like opening that checkbook. He turned down, he turned, he turned down that uh that 460, and uh, he definitely getting more than 15 uh, M's now per season. Man, looking at 20 to 25, man. Yeah, at, the, at, at, at the least. At man. the least. Man. So, before we get out of here, I got I to gotta ask you. So, uh, this, is, this is off the cuff. I didn't tell Kings this, but I saw this right before we started recording. So, another picture of Zion leaked out before <laughs> – <laughs> oh man and i like this is not fashion but i understand like you know people got different he got a lot of stuff you know a lot going on like what are your thoughts about that just like how zion this whole situation is is you know being handled like how like from his standpoint uh from the pale standpoint like his approach like you know me i'm anti david griffin like yeah the way the roster he's built that is pathetic you got uh, Bi Jonas, Zion, and a bunch of guys who probably shouldn't be, you know, more than seventh men. Like, and that's a terrible roster building, in my opinion. But on Zion's end, just just not being able to take care of yourself from a weight standpoint to get on the court at age twenty. Like, are you trouble for his career at this point? Like, I'm not. I know that might seem dramatic, but like, does that is that a red is this a red flag for you yet, or is this kind of like? You know, we, just a tough patch. We've been in red flag territory with Zion for a minute, man. <laughs> and it just keeps getting worse. I mean, somebody who has lower leg issues or lower body issues, uh, putting on weight with his frame, you know, he's an explosive player. So being an explosive player, like, you know, with Shaq, his body was able to carry that weight frame-wise, right? And it was, and Shaq wasn't all at once. Shaq was more gradual over the years, you know. As right. He older, he started putting it on more and more, so he got comfortable with it over the years. Before he finally had that peak, that stretch of peak dominance that you saw, three peak. Uh, Zion having this much weight so fast, with the issue, with the history of lower body injuries he has. Can his body hold up with his play style? That's what you really have to ask yourself because having to attack, consistently fall down, consistently put the pressure and explosiveness on your on your lower body legs, like these are these are these are you know things of physics, you know, with obviously right, yep. force, weight, you know, and, and you know what I mean, and, and speed, like these. This is just a physics thing, like a natural world type of thing where you have to be concerned. You know what I mean? If with with the amount of weight he's put on and with the amount of injuries he's just been dealing with. And then you obviously you have the whispers of the off court stuff, and, and you know, and the CAA agendas coming going through. So it's like, it, I mean, it's been it's been uh, sound the alarms with Zion. Honestly, uh, I, I'm I personally I, I've said this for weeks. I believe that the Pelicans should have a exit plan in place at the end of the year. Uh, I think they need to have a trade plan ready for Zion. That's that's what I believe in. I do not believe Zion wants actually cares to play for the Pelicans. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly made this evident, and the Pelicans would be silly to act like they could. They should try to convince him to stay. 
Right. See, this this is the issue. So I think this is the Pelicans play and what these teams do. So he's got lower body injuries, right? So I think they're gonna say he doesn't gamble and take the qualifying off. Like they're still waiting for a player. It hasn't been done since Greg Monroe, right? And he ended up getting burned on it because he didn't take the big contract they offered. Um, I think they're saying they're betting that he will sign the mega deal that they offer him as he already made an all-star game or whatever. So he signs the, 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 the max extension and that buys him another year or so to create a team. But we all know there's ways around that now, you know, trade me, right? Request a trade and you'll have 15, 20 teams offering to trade for him. A guy of that caliber who's also going to sell tickets. So every the teams are going to be interested. So I think that's what the tricky part is because he's going to sign that max they will put in front of him just because of his, his injury situation. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's I get it. You have to retain him. If I mean, if you can retain him, retain him. But if that CAA noise keeps getting louder, every like if, if it comes to the offseason, it gets even way more louder. They really have to have that bailout plan ready. Um, you don't want it to get to the point where you you're caught with your pants down. Now you have no leverage. You know, not that you have no leverage, but now you have little leverage. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's. It's one of those things where they, they're really going to need to assess Zion, um, his health status, and his willingness to play for it. I think that's really, for me, that's in question. Um, I just don't know how badly he wants to play for the Pelicans. I really don't think he cares. Hey, yeah, and that's the, yeah, that's the tough part they don't want to hear me. You're talking about a franchise. You're talking about within a 10-year stretch, losing, you know, a 10, 15-year stretch, losing prime Chris Paul. Prime Anthony Davis and then Zion Williamson before his prime like that. That's crazy to think about. And those are, those are, I'm not saying Hall of Fame players, that's, that's Hall of Fame talent. Welcome. Yeah. Like Chris Paul's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think AD is trending there, obviously. And then Zion has the, like, the definitely has a generational talent. So I, I don't think they, for Lewis having, having a small market, just lose guys like that, you know, like clockwork, that kind of burns. But you love to see Zion start taking his weight seriously because all these jokes being tossed around, dude is 27 and 8 on 60% shooting when he's out there. Like, it's he's a great player, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing at the end of the day, he's a great player. So, you know, we want to, you want to see him maximize the talent he has. Right. Whew, we'll see what happens, man. Um, the Pelican fans, I have stopped my free BI campaign. Y'all get mad when I say free BI. I'm trying to be nice. I'm giving y'all, I'm giving y'all one more season, but it does not look good. They lost to the Rockets tonight. My man had 40 points and his starting guards went six for 26, man. I can't I, I can't live like this much longer. <laughs> but anyway, follow it's Kings Bro on Twitter. Myself, Jesse Miggles 55 underscore. MST, appreciate you guys tapping in with the pod. Last month was a record month in downloads. Um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, keep tapping in. Keep rocking with us. And, uh, Kings, anything before we get out of here, baby? Um, everybody trying to tune in. Uh, you know, we're going to kind of push out the proper content. Trying to get uh, some great guests. Keep uh, keep on coming. I know everybody enjoys some of the guests we bring on. So, just going to try and keep the heat coming. All right, man. That's it. Y'all be cool. We are out of here. Peace, y'all.